get started, I walked in, it was around 9.15, got everything set up, I was looking outside, what a beautiful, blessed day we have to share this morning. Birds are chirping, sun is shining, and I was just thinking about how quiet and peaceful it is before, you know, we gathered today to celebrate, and just how blessed we are, right, to be in this community. It's a beautiful space, but without all of us coming together, that's all it is, right? It's a beautiful building but we are what make it a community. So as still fairly new members, I just wanted to thank everybody. So now to the official. Good morning. Please join me in a responsive call to worship that you'll find in your bulletins. Thank you, God, for the gift of life and love 
that we're able to share together today. With the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, let us take these ever-flowing gifts and use them in our fullest potential. Charge us and empower us to be your faith journey, wherever we are in our mindset, wherever we are on our life's path, and help us to recognize you walking alongside of us. Be in our hands as we go about serving others, setting aside our own needs for the needs of the greater good, as you call us to do. All this we pray in Jesus' name. All this we pray together saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning and welcome to the Southport Congregational Church. Wherever you are on your faith journey, you know you are welcome here. Please use the friendship register pads found at the ends of the pews if you would like to keep in touch with SCC and so that we may keep in touch with you. We welcome the Reverend Dr. Ned Parker to the pulpit today. Thank you, Ned, as Paul and Laura Whitmore are on vacation. Ned will provide pastoral care and serve as our guest preacher for August. If you need to contact him, please call the church office. Thank you, Elaine and Shannon, for sharing their gifts of music with all of us today, and for our live stream dream team, Parker Whitmore and Jonathan Steckhoff. Steckloff. Excuse me. And now as we join together in a time of prayer, I ask that you keep in mind church and community members who are in need of prayer. For the Cruz family, Scott, Marnie, Ben, Ryan, and Maggie, Scott's father, Dick, passed away last week in Massachusetts. Please keep them close during this time of transition and loss. Prayers for the children and family and good friend of Shannon, Jennifer Lindstrom, who recently died unexpectedly. As we join together in prayer, I ask that you keep in mind church and community members who are in need, those dealing with family cares and concerns, health issues and challenges, those who are suffering with loneliness, and those who are in need of guidance and hope. And for the people of Hawaii, particularly in Maui, who have experienced devastating losses due to the wildfires 
and the people of Southern California recovering from damaging storms, for the emergency agencies providing rescue and aid to them, please pray for their recovery as they begin the path to rebuilding their communities and their lives. Let us pray. Our loving God, we gather in this beautiful space to be closer to you, to feel and be comforted by your lives, and to remember that you have filled with love and light. You give us hope for new beginnings. You breathe possibilities and solutions when there seems to be none. You give us the courage to persevere in hard times and to pursue our dreams and reach our goals. Help us be patient when we are lost, to be kind and understanding, to find our voice and speak our truth, but not hold on to the need to be right and have the last word. Help us keep faith in ourselves and in others when we are filled with doubt and darkness and when the path forward has not yet revealed itself. Loving God, let us see your gifts, not just with fleeting glances, but help us take them in more deeply. We tend to our luscious gardens, walk barefoot in the sand, watch the shimmering waves break on sound, breathe slowly and deeply, and celebrate the sunset and sunrise. For our eyes to connect internally with our soul and with you, God, so that we can live each day fully present in your expression and be filled with compassion and gratitude. May the abundance that fills our heart lead us to love and uplift all the people around us, family and strangers alike, with a smile, a kind word, a gesture, or simply by listening in silence. In this morning's fresh air, anything can be made possible. Any sentence begun. In your name we pray, amen.
With God's blessing, we can make it through eternity. I don't think I have to preach. I think worship's done. We can do the postlude. Have a good morning, everyone. That was incredible. Thank you so much. There are so many ways to be generous in order to strengthen and deepen community. Sharing your gifts of talent, sharing your gifts of time. This is yet one more way among many to strengthen and deepen community. So today I invite you to give and give freely.
Friends, will you join me in our unison prayer of dedication? Ever-flowing God, we pray that you accept these gifts and transform them into instruments of peace in the world. Remind us that your generosity to us far surpasses anything we might give to you. And teach us to respond to this generosity in the best way we can. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Two short scripture passages this morning, one from the Hebrew Bible and one from the New Testament. The first comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 18, verses 13 to 19. The next day, Moses sat as judge for the people. While the people stood around him from morning until evening, When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is this that you're doing for the people? Why do you sit alone while all the people stand around you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, Jethro, because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me, and I decide between one person and another. And I make known to them the statutes and the instructions of God. Moses' father-in-law said to him, What you are doing is not good. You will surely wear yourself out both you and these people with you, for the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you counsel and God be with you. You should represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. Second reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 18 to 22. As he, he being Jesus, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. Immediately they left their nets and they followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father, Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called to them, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. The word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God. Friends, thank you for this opportunity to be with you in worship once again. This is my penultimate Sunday, so you only have to put up with me once more next week. It's been a joy and a privilege to be with you for this time during August. I also thank God who will forever sustain us in love. So friends, let us be in a posture of prayer together. Loving and living God, may these words from my heart and the meditations of our spirits lift up the empowering, wonder-filled experience of being community. 
I pray in the name of the one who loved unto death and then loved so much, he loved back into life. Amen. As I've mentioned in the past, Pastor Laura Whitmore and I share something in common. We both grew up in Maine fishing villages. I grew up in the small fishing village of Port Clyde, Maine, on the St. George Peninsula, where I learned that there's something about communities on the coast, a connection that runs deep along with networks of support. So I've spoken of Port Clyde in the past, and I offer you this final story about Port Clyde as a way of entering into our reflection together. When I was 13 years old, I was exploring a section of the Port Clyde woods with my three best friends. We heard that there was this old rundown cabin at the end of a small creek, and we set out to find it. At some point during the hike, the creek meandered under a small mossy embankment, so we climbed up over in the hopes of either finding the cabin we were searching for or continuing to traverse the stream. However, on the other side of the embankment, we found neither. So hoping we could pick up our trail once more, we trudged deeper into the main woods. Yeah, it sounds like some of you know it's coming. (laughs) And because we were scanning the ground for the creek, we didn't notice the thick New England fog that had descended around us, right thick as pea soup, as we say in Maine. When we turned around to make our way out, nothing looked familiar. Or... Actually, more accurately, everything looked exactly the same. Every pine, every fern, every shrub, every stone. We quickly, very quickly, realized that we were lost. Lost and alone. Now, being children of the great state of Maine, we knew that when lost, the best thing to do is to stay put, right? So finding a small clearing, we built a fire, we waited for, no, we didn't wait for, we expected that someone was going to find us. And sure enough, 10 hours later, someone did. The father of one of the other three boys who had in fact been lost in that exact same spot 40 years earlier, looking for that same cabin, I wonder who planted the seed for our little adventure. (laughs) Notice I'm not naming any names here. It was pitch black when he found us, and he slowly guided us to his truck parked out on an old logging road, and after we piled into the cab, he steered us out. And from the main road, we drove to the parking lot of the Drift-In Beach, where despite the hour of the evening, or more accurately, the morning at that point, the entire town was waiting for us. To my knowledge, every single resident of Port Clyde was there. 
and a loud cheer went up as we tumbled out of the pickup. Hugs and firm handshakes were freely given. And for the first time in my life, I realized that every single person in that town knew my name. Someone gave us sandwiches and hot chocolate. Someone else covered us in blankets as other members of the town started telling their own stories about their own harrowing adventures growing up on the coast. And every story ended the same way. And then someone from this town helped me. I share this story because it was at this very moment I started to understand what community is like and what it means to share accountability and responsibility. In fact, my dad was the pastor in Port Clyde and as the son of a small town pastor, it was at this very moment that I started to understand what church should be like. We were lost. We were found. We were hungry. We were fed. We were cold. We were wrapped in blankets. We were filled with shame and thought we were alone in this experience. And then others shared similar stories of their own. And here's the thing. It wasn't any one single person who did all of this for us. It was a community effort. Yes, it took coordination to get the word out. Yes, it took a phone call to get all four ambulances, ambuli, ambulances, ambulances, on the peninsula to one spot. And yes, someone did contact the state police who were bringing in a canine unit by helicopter, but I hope that my mom is not watching and remembering that part of the story. At that moment, we not only felt the love of our families, but we felt held by an entire community. My friend's dad may have found us, but he didn't save us. It was the gathered people. That's church. That's church. As a child of Maine who's now an ordained minister and a seminary administrator who trains pastors, trains young people to be pastors, I'm keenly aware of two things. One is that Maine, along with many areas across our nation and the world, is changing dramatically and in a variety of ways. And two, the church writ large is changing dramatically and in ways we don't quite understand yet. The world and the church need communities who get it who get these things, who understand the intricacies, the trials, the anxiety, and the need for an unabashed call for community. Communities that take shape in spaces like this and communities that help shape what happens out there. Because while individuals need places where we can be our most authentic selves, and experience transcendent belonging through God's abundant love and grace, the world also needs community. By showing up here, God reminds and inspires you to show up out there. 
Now, is there a chance in doing this that you'll feel vulnerable? Perhaps. But if this is not just a safe space that you've created here, but a brave space, and based on my time, I believe it is, I have no doubt that the courage of this community will accompany you and give you courage to make the next leap. This courage requires you to trust that God has work for you to do and will equip you and guide you through the Holy Spirit. Now, along with changes happening around the globe in the church, we're still reeling from a global pandemic. There are students in my program that for the first year and a half did not, had not met each other in person, and they're still getting to know each other as they're preparing to graduate. The world is on fire, and there are still embers burning around us. So consider carefully the words Moses receives from Jethro when Jethro realizes Moses is leading on his own. What you are doing is not good, Jethro says. You will wear yourself out, both you and these people, for the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone, and you must share the burden. The stories tell us that Moses was called by God. But even with a divine call from the Most High God, Jethro was reminding Moses, we have to do it together. And building community of compassionate action, it's challenging. Even for Jesus, even for Jesus, it was challenging. Consider the following with me. In today's passage, we read of Peter and Andrew, at once they left their nets and they followed him, right? We read of James and John. Jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. It was that easy. Jesus called 12 and 12 said yes, right? Actually, Jesus called at least 14. For example, think about the rich man to whom Jesus says, sell all of your possessions and give your money to the poor and come and follow me. The same line he used with the fishermen. Come and follow me. Does the rich man do it? Can he do it? No. If he could, then there would have been a 13th disciple. Again, just one example. And these 12, the 12 that we talk about so often, after they were called and answered, did they follow Jesus to the bitter end? Did they believe and then pick up Jesus' work when he, where he left off? No. They didn't. At least not at first. Sitting at what we call the Last Supper was Judas, who would betray Jesus. Peter, who would deny Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times. And Thomas, who would doubt Jesus. And the other nine, the stories tell us that immediately after Jesus' death, they fled. They ran away. Except the women, who stayed. But that's another sermon for another time. So my questions are these, what are you doing together and what will you do together? The church is called to be counter-cultural. Remember all those times Jesus exclaimed, you've heard it said before, but 
I say to you, these were countercultural declarations. And what is countercultural in a world so fraught with division? Love. Right? Love. Love with abandon. Love without limits. Fierce love. Abundant love. Graceful love. Love that builds up. Love that's courageous. Love that, that's communal. Love that births wholeness. Love that dwells in hearts and minds. So together in ministry, I invite you to lead with love. Because if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, all mysteries and all knowledge, in 21st century lingo, if I am a living Google, and if I have faith that can move mountains, faith that can move mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. Nothing. God's love is doing something, stoking an emergent fire. God is showing up for the lost in the wilderness of life, like my friends and I in those poor Clyde Woods. Together in love, you, friends, you make manifest words that Jesus once shared with a gathered community. The kingdom of heaven is within you. Now what are you going to do with it? How will you make it bigger? If you start with love, and love abides, then in the end, love, God's love, also wins when you are together in your ministry. May it be so. Amen. I invite you to stand together as we sing our closing hymn, Rejoice, You Pure in Heart.
Thank you. Friends, receive this benediction. May God bless you and keep you. May God's countenance shine on you with mercy and grace. And may God's presence, which is already within and around you in community, go before you always, always in peace. Peace, friends. Amen.